You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one woman mission to save UK manufacturing. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be sharing the stories behind some of the best British made brands and UK manufacturers and offering you advice and tips on making in the UK. So let's get on with today's show. Hello and welcome to episode number 173 of the Make It British podcast. I hope your week is going well. Thank you very much for tuning in. I have got a really great interview today with a lovely lady called Hannah Lovegrove, who is the co-founder of Lovegrove Essentials, which is an award-winning skincare brand, which she launched with her daughter Hayley in 2015. Hannah has got some great advice about how she has launched a brand into an industry that is dominated by big brands and how she's managed to stand out from the crowd by putting the customer first and ensuring the highest standards in everything that Love Grove Essentials does. Love Grove Essentials are one of our members of Make It British and you can find them and lots of other amazing UK made brands and businesses in our directory on our website. There are some fantastic businesses on there that all make in the UK. So do pop onto the website and take a look when you have a moment. So in the meantime, here is Hannah Lovegrove from Lovegrove Essentials. Enjoy. So Hannah, thank you so much for joining me today. It's really lovely to have you on the podcast. Do you want to start by telling everyone Lovegrove Essentials, what, what is the product that you make and how did it all come about? Well, um, we make natural and organic skincare. Uh, I, I work with my daughter, so we're a family business. And we started in 2015. I've been a therapist, a body and facial therapist all my life. And Haley had trained in a similar sphere. She was a makeup artist. She's working at Urban Retreat in Harrods and had a, 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 her own private clients for um, makeup and TV and film. Um, and I was getting products, organic and natural products made for my treatments. And we came together and we thought, you know, there's a gap there. I, can't, I couldn't buy as a therapist organic and natural salon products. And then um, uh, have the, um, the retail end of that available for clients to buy to use at home. So that was how it started. And Haley has all the design skills and all that creative experience that she's gained through her life and uh, with the photography side, the fashion side, working in urban retreat, very much the you know, girl on the street in London. Um, me, I'm just a country bumpkin, but my <laughs> experience comes through working with with bodies, mainly women, but but you know all through my life, um, uh, working on the skin and with people. So yes, 2015, that was when it all began. Amazing, and you're based down in Dorset, aren't you? Yes, we're on the Jurassic Coast. Our workshop actually looks straight over towards the sea. We can't see the sea from there, but it looks straight over the National Trust land behind Golden Cap. And that yep, great big lump of, it's that great big lump of rock you see in the Ammonite film with, you know, that, that one. Yes. Uh, yes, that none of us can go and watch, of course, with our parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
Uh, yeah, so we, we're on the South Coast and we take a lot of inspiration from the natural environment. And I think, um, I think that's where the, the, the emphasis comes on, on the natural and organic side of things, that we're working very much in harmony with what's around us. So do you make all of the products yourself or do you use other companies to manufacture for you? We, we make all the products ourselves, but there are elements of the products that we buy in. Um, one of the um, interesting features about uh, manufacture is, is that you, you can make them all yourself, but in terms of scale, it's very difficult to, um, um, when, when you get to a certain level, it's very difficult to satisfy the need for, for scaling up without investing in large machinery. So there are companies that will do that for you. However, we still prefer to manufacture in small batches. And that means that we can do a lot of the work ourselves. The, the, the things that we um, bring in are the organic, um, some organic bases that are Cosmos certified, um, oils, all of the different waxes. So anything that is a... Um, um, a, a, a balm type base we can make all of those ourselves amazing so mm. how i mean you had the, the idea to to set up the business together and i assume you already had the product formulations did you from when you were working as a therapist or what was the first product that you that you launched ah well, we had um, we had a, a, a lovely lady, local lady, making for us. She's got her own um, small business here, and she was making my bases for my bases, my my treatment products for me. So we bought those recipes, and in a way, that was where we started. Um, and then Haley began her research in terms of the um, formula for balms and so on. Um, and we just took it from there. We took it very much a product at a time. So we launched with a capsule collection of five key products that you need for your own skincare generally, um, but also that we use every day in treatment. So we started with a cleansing balm, a toning mist, a moisture cream, um, the aromatic face mask, and a healing touch serum. And those five things form our key capsule collection. And with those, you can use all of them in several different ways. So they provide quite a, a, um, a wide variety of, of uses for different skin types. So they cover a lot of ground. I love the sound of the healing touch serum. <laughs> That's Amazing. A, what a great name. Well, yes. I mean, it's the healing touch is, is actually our little um, brand name for everything that goes into the, the therapy side of things because the serum isn't made from nut oils or, or essential oils. It's made from seed oils. So it's used, everybody can use it, but it's also absolutely wonderful for skin, of the hair, face, neck, um, scalp, um, it's got argan oil in it, and um, it, it, it's an absolutely beautiful product. So how, how did you find the first customers? Were they your existing customers, or did you have to reach out to a whole new market when you first, first launched Love Growth Essentials? Oh, gosh, it was a mixture of both. We did a few shows in, in London, principally, and um, that, was, that was really successful for us. 
for our therapy side of things. Um, because often the retail sits um, alongside the, the therapy. Uh, so the therapist will buy the products to use in her treatments. We do a lot of training. We've got an accredited training course for um, elements of the facial treatment and the body treatments. Um, so, so the retail sales sort of piggyback on, on top of those. And then it, it's, well, I mean, hasn't the world changed for retail? Um, we work mostly with social media. Facebook advertising has been very successful. Um, Interesting. Yes, yes, it is. It's, I know it's not true for everyone, but it's been very true for us. What's um, been your secret there then? How have you made sure that you've reached the right people with your Facebook advertising? A very good audience segmentation, a beautiful imagery, a clear message, and um, I think it's the platform that people spend a little more time on, so they feel a little bit safer. I notice that when, if I look at the stats, when people come through from Facebook, they tend to spend longer on the site than people mm. who may be... They're in a different mind frame than maybe when, they, when they're coming in from one of the quicker, like Instagram or Twitter. If they come in through there, they're, on a, they're in a quick mode, whereas when they're yeah. on Facebook, they're, they're more relaxed. They're more inclined to browse and have a jolly good look. Mm. Did you use an agency for that or have you done all of the social media yourself? Well, we started and um, we've only just this year taken on someone to help us with that just because of the sheer volume. Um, but Haley's absolutely brilliant. And, of course, her photography skills. She did photography as well as um, uh, makeup at college. And her photography skills are so good that we can we, we do a lot of this work in-house. We've got complete control over the look and feel of the product then. Yeah, I mean, you do need to – I mean, that is one thing about your product. The packaging is, is beautiful. Mm. The whole ethos behind the whole brand really – kind of comes across mm. and, that, and that must go a long way when you're launching a, a beauty product has it been hard I mean what have been the challenges with launching the brand what's been the biggest challenges for you I think we we set ourselves very high standards so quite early on in this process we chose to go with um, Cosmos accreditation via the Soil Tell Association Tell me more about that for those that don't know what Cosmos stands for. It's the it's the, um, the Soil Association um, administer the Cosmos certification in the UK, and it's a, it's a cosmetic and, and, and beauty industry measure for um, uh, standards. So you, you, your company has a license; you are licensed, mm. and then each of your products goes through. Um, a, a, a testing program to make sure that your the, the standards throughout the whole company are as as high and effective as they can be in terms of the natural and organic um, um, product, but also that you're maintaining the, the highest possible environmental standards and that the ethics of the, the business meet those standards so for instance they you know they check how we organize our recycling what products we use in you know what have we got under our sink in terms of cleaning products all really? of those things wow yes, that yes. rigorous yes it's that That's rigorous. great so it's like an ethical audit it for absolutely the beauty industry. is yes and so all of your um 
policies and statements um, in terms of things like, you know, environmental policy, waste policy, um, uh, um, uh, animal testing, that kind of thing, all of that forms part of this license. And to me, it seemed like the best possible stamp that we could put on, put on any of our products. We didn't need a long list of what wasn't in there. We didn't need lots of logos, um, Leaping Bunny and so on and so forth. We just needed that one um, uh, certificate, that one stamp on each of the products that says this is this is, it meets these standards and continues to do so because we are checked annually for this. Ah, so you have to reapply for it every single year, do you? Yes, yes. For each product. Yes, because if you think wow. about it, when you look on a list of ingredients on the back of a box and it says organic lemon oil, how do you know? So we have exactly, a, yeah. you know, we have an audit every year um, where where um, our, our lovely auditor will pick one ingredient and we'll follow that, the course of that ingredient through the year, through the product. So what what we had, what came in, how many products we made, how many products we sold, what's left on the shelf, all in relation to that one organic ingredient. So it's a, it's a, it's, yes, it's quite hair-raising when you go through that Gosh. and you wonder if your spreadsheets and your systems are actually going to work. <laughs> And expensive, I could imagine as well. I mean, launching a beauty brand is no—it's um, no mean feat, is it? Generally, only you and possibly one other. You know, it's very much a kitchen table starter, isn't it? And um, I had a conversation with someone who had got in touch with me after one of our Make It British Clubhouse events, and she wanted to know about. She'd been in the fashion industry for twenty years, but wanted to move into. Um, making her own range of products and what did it mean to get the Cosmos certification and actually I realized that the, the, the bottom line for this is you need very deep pockets you need to start with a large amount a lot you know it's like it's like it's like owning a boat how how do you get to own a boat well you 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 start with a large fortune and you end up with a small one don't you <laughs> yeah it's <exactly. laughs> true so Using all these organic ingredients, what have been the supply chain challenges, particularly over the last year mm. with Brexit and COVID? Um, last year was was really hard. We worked our socks off and still, um, still, you know, fell into the COVID hole. Um, we had just signed with um, a small hotel chain who were going to take our organic washroom products. And um, they were also interested in, in, in um, installing two of our treatment rooms. And Brexit, not well, COVID was the worst part actually of that. Um, all of the pumps, the bottles, the product, all of the companies from whom we were buying were diverted into pro providing sanitizer and hand yeah, washes. Of course. And, and we just couldn't get... Um, we couldn't get any material. Uh, we so we had a terrible summer trying to supply and just couldn't. Um, it was very disappointing, and I think um, it's going to take a long time to get back from that. I noticed that the supply chain. You see, nobody's been doing any innovation. No, no product development. No 
everything's been at a standstill for 12 months. So all of that has to get going again. It's like starting a ship at sea, isn't it? It takes a long time to stop it, but equally it takes a long time to get it going again. Um, And I'm noticing that we're, I'm seeing lots of lovely ideas coming through from suppliers, but none of them are going to be ready until Christmas or New Year 2022. And in the meantime, we've got customers ready and waiting for them. So that's uh, that's a, a bit of a, a, a bridge to gap. I think in terms of Brexit, oh, the biggest difficulty for us is the the, the dual um, notification. So where before you were just notifying on one portal, all your products, all of the information, the safety data for the, all of those products goes up onto this one portal, which was the CPNP, and it covered the whole of Europe. We now have a UK portal as well. We have a distributor in Northern Ireland, and therefore, in order to be able to distribute to her, to supply her, we have to be on the CPNP as well as on the UK portal. And in order to be on the CPNP, we have to have a responsible person in Ireland or anywhere in Europe as well. So effectively, it means it's double. It's it's double yeah, the notification, and much more admin, and it's it's. Um, I've, 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 I don't know how fast we can go. I know we've got until the thirty first of December to notify on the CPNP, but we were already on the CPNP, so we've got to in effect notify again. So, how many of you are there in the team now? So it's you and Haley, mother and daughter. Yeah, team. It's mother and daughter. Uh, then we have Emma on social media. We have another. We do. We use a lot of freelance, but um, um, uh, but they are. Part, I see them as part of the team. Um, we have Jake on the um, um, website of things, IT and website of things. Um, and that's about it, really. Wow! And mm. how do you and Haley? Split the work between you, and do you actually work in the same place, or do you both work virtually? So you're not in each other's pockets all the time. How does well, the logistics of that work? We take it in turns. Yeah, um, we work together a lot. She's been furloughed, so um, I've been picking up and just driving things forward. Um, uh, but in talking in in general terms, um, Haley focuses mostly on the production, and she has someone who comes in and helps her with that. Um, I focus mainly on the on the practical side, on the bottling and labelling, because I'm a bit of a neat freak, so that <laughs> suits me. Um, and then between us, we liaise in terms of, 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 of how we present the company to the world. And actually, Haley's got a very sharp eye. So I, nothing goes out from me lest it's gone past her first because she'll often pick up something Brilliant. I've missed. Yeah, yeah. It works really well. And if you were doing it all again, because you've obviously you launched mm. 2015, so that was six years ago, what would you have done differently? Oh, that's such a good question because actually I'm really pleased with where we're at at the moment. Um, Great. That's fantastic. Yeah, what, what, I tell you what, I, I, I wish we had that little bit of extra cash flow to bring someone else in because we were so excited by the treatment room side of things. I mean, we see skincare very much as an aspect of wellness. We don't use the word beauty. We don't use anti-aging. 
we look at looking after your skin as a, as a manifestation of your attitude to wellness. So um, the skin is the largest organ in the body. It's the, it's the place where the inner me meets the outer world, isn't it? So all of our sense organs and, and, um, and, and very often how we are inside is reflected on our skin. Um, so the treatment rooms were really important to us and we just won an award for them from the Southwest Tourism Awards. Um, and so in a way, I think that's, that's my one regret is I didn't really push my foot on that pedal before COVID hit, but you can only do what you can do, can't you? You know? Yeah. So what would be, what are your plans in that respect going forward? How, how do you see Love Grove Essentials developing? Um, there's a there's a big shift at the moment in terms of how everyone is buying wholesale. So I have no idea what's happening with 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 retail. What I can say is that um, uh, there seems to be quite a big divide between the the sort of indie beauty, if you like, or the or the indie skincare and the traditional beauty. And the reason I went into organic and natural in the very first place in the 80s was because I, I didn't recognize that the cosmetic scientific um, side of, of the beauty industry, which is m more akin to sort of fashion, if you like. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm much... and it's all about the brand rather than the content. Yes, yes, and how... Yes, and you know, there's a whole. Uh, there's another whole podcast on that, I'm sure, but yeah. <laughs> but we don't feel as if we're in the beauty industry so much as in the well-being sector, um, and I think that um, uh, uh, retail uh, is going to go in in two, in two ways. So we're focusing very much, as we have to, on the online side and, and following the customer's digital journey. How do we replicate their experience in a shop? Imagine being at the beauty counter in Harvey Nicks or somewhere. All of that choice, all of those smells, you're looking for, say, one or two products and you can go along and smell and feel and try things out. How do we, how do we offer that kind of experience um, digitally? So we talk a lot about mm. the smells. We talk a lot about the feel. Um, and we try to get that across. Um, and uh, and I think the other thing that we can do is we can make much more personal contact with each individual online than you can necessarily where you've got one girl behind a counter who's actually selling any number of brands and isn't going to have an intimate knowledge of them. So, so if anyone is interested in our brand, we can give them a great deal of help. Um, and we do a lot of, um, you know, question and answer. We do little, uh, we'll email with customers about little problems they've got, um, how to tackle skincare issues. I'd like to do a lot more of that um, until the point where hospitality has got its feet, found its feet again and we can start looking at introducing the treatment rooms. Yeah, I mean, you've definitely hit a big point there with, you know, particularly with the beauty industry or beauty and wellness. There's a few mm. big brands that dominate it. Um, and how you can offer that point of difference is being offering your customers a much more personal experience and, and be much more relatable. How mm. do you think you can continue to do that as your as your brand grows? 
Um, I think I think I think the mechanism, the the the, um, the digital mechanism for being able to do that, we, we, we will get much much better at that. It, it's not just a sort of you know one size fits all newsletter. When a customer comes back, you do have the opportunity to engage properly with a person, and I think we have to be very personable ourselves as well, and not hide behind um, you know. Um, uh, hide behind the the, the, the mirage. Um, we've got to come out and be more forward. Um, and I think w- one thing I'd really like to do is to set up um, a, a, a a sort of n- national um, uh, a, a national collection of of associates who we talk to directly who can then also talk to the customers in their area. I think that that was something that we had right at the beginning that we haven't developed at all yet. We haven't had a chance to. Um, and I think that as the world has changed for everyone, this might be a good time to revisit that plan so that we, we replicate mm. ourselves, if you like, through some of the wonderful women that we talk to uh, in our journey, who are looking for, like the lady I was telling you, who was moving out of fashion and into beauty. And I thought, well, here's a lovely product. You know, w- what's really important to you? Is it is it actually making the product or is it having something that you can take and, and go out there with, with, with a lot of confidence in and so on? Because she could still do that under her own brand. So it's how we make those sorts of ideas happen. Mm. Mm. So with that in mind then, what what advice would you give? What's the, the big tip that you would give anyone that was setting up a new beauty or wellness brand and that wants to make it in the UK? Keep it clear and simple in terms of the, um, the range because, you know, the, the bigger the range, minimum order quantities are massive. So keep your – start Great with advice. a simple range. Um, and – and your design is 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 critical because a lip balm is a lip balm is a lip balm, but is it this person's lip balm or that person's lip balm? And that's where your because that's the um, the point at which customer meets product, isn't it? Is in the packaging. That's where I think you could really um, you can lose a lot of money, but I think you need to be very clear about what you're going to do design wise. And your packaging is beautiful, and you can tell that it's really well thought about and that it it fits with everything that you know you and Hayley stand Mm. for and Mm. you know the fact that you talk about the sustainability aspects of your brand and that really comes across in your packaging it is it is beautiful and so is your website so I will put a link to it in the show notes of the podcast (laughs) so everyone can go and check it out so Hannah do you have any UK manufacturing heroes so if you had to pick one person who is another another brand, any sort of industry or sector that makes in the UK that you admire, who would it be? I love Neil's Yard. I think their story, you know, it's sort of, and I've known about them right from the word go um, when I was a, you know, a young hippie in the 70s and they were in Covent Garden and it was soup, I think, was the first thing, wasn't it? And watching was it? Did they not start with the beauty then? They Nils Yard started with the cafe. Ah, I remember it from the eighties when I worked in Covent Garden in the eighties. I'm pretty certain about that. 
Um, and it's still I, there. Didn't they start with a cookbook? Oh, somebody tell me. Anyway, they, they I, I, you know, I just saw them blossoming in all these different areas. And the thing that they do so well is they stick to their principles. And... Um, and, and they've gone right, and now they have, of course, they're Dorset-based as well, and they have that lovely um, purpose-built production facility in Sherborne. And I remember someone high up in the beauty industry telling me one day that when they awarded uh, their, the, the Niels, Niels Yard uh, Frankincense Moisture Cream, their, their top award, um, I think, I can't remember if it was free from or which one, one of the beauty awards anyway, it, was, it caused a global shortage of blue glass because it's produced in that lovely, iconic Niels Yard colour. Um, everybody rushed out to buy this lovely frankincense uh, moisture cream. So, so is that what you would aspire to one day, would be to have your own purpose-built facility like the Neil's Yard one in Sherbourne? Have you yes. visited the Neil's Yard? No, I'm facility. waiting for it. I'd love to do that. I might have to get in touch with them. But we have, we do have planning permission um, where we live at, uh, in Dorset for um, a production and training facility, um, which would be small. Oh, amazing. Yeah, small and per- 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 perfectly formed. Um, so... Again, we need to put some cash in the old pocket and get started on that. But um, I think we've got a few other steps to take before we do that. You need an investor. So if there's any, anyone listening to this who's a potential investor for mm. that, sounds like a really good uh, business investment, <laughs> if you ask me. Yes. If I had the cash, I'd invest in you and Hayley. Oh, I really you, would. Kate. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, and finally, um, what does Made in the UK mean to you, Hannah? Oh, Made in the UK has such um, an energetic feel to it, doesn't it? Um, I I see, you know, all those small, smaller um, production facilities and factories and, um, um, I, you know, I know what it takes. Everything from canoes to, um, to shoes to handbags what it actually takes to get up in the morning and drive those wheels forward. I think um, it's that energy that I see. And we, we really are a nation of shopkeepers. You know, I think if, if, if my one piece of advice to, to anybody wanting to start a business is make sure you've spent a year or two working behind a till. Get to know your customers. Oh, yes, that's you know. good advice. Yeah, because... Yeah. Um, Get to know your customers. Mm, and love exactly. them. Love them, because then you'll be giving them what they want, not what you think you want, you know? Mm. That's brilliant advice, Hannah. Amazing. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. You've been wonderful. And um, I'd love to come and down. One day I'm hoping you'll have that production facility and I'll come down for a treatment. Um <laughs> And I will uh, experience some of your products firsthand. That would be absolutely wonderful. Maybe you should cut the ribbon. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And finally, where can people find you, Hannah? Do you want to tell us what your um, Instagram and website addresses are? Yes, Love Grove Essentials, Instagram. Um, uh, Love Grove Skin is Twitter. And Love Grove Essentials is our website as well. And yes, other than that, drop us an email, pick up the phone. Let's do it the old, uh, the old way. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, Hannah, you're a superstar. Thank you very much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure, Kate. Thanks for having me.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Tuesday and Friday, plus there are bonus episodes occasionally. So make sure you subscribe in your favourite podcast app. And if you're looking to find British-made brands or UK manufacturers, check out the directory on the Make It British website, which you can find at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash directory. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.